You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we have the clearest passages of Scripture that that explain the gospel. And here the Apostle Paul is writing to a group of people uh, that are in uh, the city of Corinth. Uh, And so here we're going to look at that, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I have preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory which I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The apostle Paul is getting ready to declare something to these believers that are in Corinth. And as he is, he is going to declare this, uh, these are brethren that he's declaring it to. So we, we know that these are believers. It's not just uh, people that do not believe uh, the word of God. And so uh, here, these are brethren. Uh, the, word, the word brethren there is the Greek word adelphos, which, which literally means sibling. How many of you have a sibling? How many of you are sorry you have a sibling? All right, uh, and my brother is watching online, my mom is watching online, and he is probably raising his hand right there, sorry that he had a sibling. Uh, but, you know, we have siblings, and here we, we are talking about the brethren believers. You know, the church is supposed to be like a family. Believers, there is a connection that's there. Whether it is your church or whether you're a believer and you're visiting and you go visit another church while you're in a different area, there's a connection that's there. Why? Because you're brethren. They're siblings. Uh, I've got a, uh, a friend, a young man, went through our youth department, and uh, he just, he's 40 years old. He just connected with his dad for the first time. And his dad didn't even know that he he existed, and uh, anyway, so through this, uh, not Lindustry, what is it? Ancestry, there we go. Ancestry, uh, he got contacted by uh, a young lady that said, hey, I'm your sister. And they started talking and then found out that they had some connections and they were trying to find uh, dad and other family members. And uh, through this whole event, uh, they just they just found uh, dad, and they just flew back to Illinois this last week uh, and spent uh, time with him. And, and Royce, uh, th- this young man, he called me yesterday, and he said, he said, you know, he said, it was unbelievable. He said, we have never met. I've got family that I didn't even know existed, but when we sat down, there was such a connection. You know what? That's how it's supposed to be with believers. That relationship is supposed to be that family relationship. And the apostle is now, he is writing to believers, but he's explaining something to them. He's declaring unto them how they became believers. 
What was, the, what was the background of really what it took for them to become a believer, for them to come to a place of understanding? And now he's breaking it all down to them, and he declares uh, the gospel uh, to them. He's uh, declaring to you the gospel. So this morning, uh, we're gathering today, and we're celer- celebrating more than an empty grave. We're celebrating more than a risen Savior. Today, we gather to, to celebrate all that the gospel represents to the believer. Because the risen Savior, uh, he has given us, he has opened up a door for us that the gospel gives to us. It is a life of hope. It is a life of purpose. It is a life that is not empty. I was just listening to someone uh, sharing uh, their testimony, and, and as they were sharing their testimony, uh, they shared how they were, uh, they were living a life, and as they were living their life as a college student and going to the parties, and uh, she was stating how there was such an emptiness inside her, a hole that was, was in her. There was something she was missing. She didn't know what it was. She grew up in church. She knew uh, things about the Lord. She knew that at that moment, she walked out of a party. She said she walked out of that party, and as she was outside, she looked up to heaven, and she said, I feel like God is throwing me a rope. She said, Lord, I don't really even know what to say, but I need you. And she started relaying how she had gotten saved. Let me tell you something. The Lord is throwing a rope. And I don't know who's sitting here this morning that needs a rope. But there's a rope for you. I don't know what condition you're in. You may even be a believer. You may even be someone that has already accepted Christ. But you have come to a place in your life where you've lost hope. You've lost purpose. You feel like there's something that is missing. Let me tell you who can feel that. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to speak to you on that little phrase that Paul used, I declare the gospel. I declare the gospel. Now let's pray. Father, we pray that you would bless now these next few moments. Speak to hearts. God, I pray that the distractions would be minimized. I pray that uh, the awareness, Lord, of your presence would be felt. And Lord, that you would help each and every one of us, no matter where we sit, what standing we have in you, I pray today that we would sense our need for you. So I pray that you'd bless for Christ's sake. Amen. There was a there was a man and his son that were driving, and little boy was about five years old. And as dad was driving past the cemetery, the little boy looked out across the cemetery, and he saw this grave that was had been dug and the big pile of dirt that was there. And the little boy looked over his dad and said, Look, Dad, someone got out. Someone got out. You know, I don't know why you're here this morning. I don't know what it was that drew you to 
say, I'm coming to church on this Sunday. But let me tell you, the reason any person can get out is because Christ has already gotten out. He has risen from the grave. And later in the book of Corinthians chapter 15, uh, we find how the believer one day has that same hope of resurrection. Why? Because Christ has risen. And that gives us hope. That gives us that confidence, that assurance uh, that we too can have uh, that. So the believer, uh, to this, this morning, to the believer, I declare to you the gospel. Uh, to the skeptic that's here. There are some that are here uh, just to, uh, to make somebody else happy. Uh, you're here just to uh, just to fulfill a responsibility, and 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 you're looking everything through a, a, a lens of a skeptic this morning. And to you, I declare the gospel to the agnostic, to the atheist, uh, to the person uh, that's here, to everyone that is going to hear this message this morning. I declare to you the gospel because let me tell you something: the gospel changes lives. The gospel changes lives. It's not a church that's going to change a life. It's not a pastor that's going to change a life. It's not a program that's going to change a life. The only thing that will change somebody's life is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that, uh, you can have that transformation. Every one of us need to have that transformational uh, uh, change uh, because of the relationship that we can have with Christ. And so this morning, I'm going to give you a three points, uh, about 43 sub-points, uh, three illustrations and uh, some, some sob stories, and then we'll, we'll get out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you just a couple points this morning to help walk us through what is this gospel and the, uh, the impact that this gospel can have uh, for us. I want you to see, first of all, the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse number one, he said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believe in vain. You see, we have the preaching of the gospel. And the, there's a difference between teaching and preaching. Teaching is just the, tra is the transfer of information. Have you ever sat in a class and there was so much information coming at you, you thought, oh my goodness, there is no way I'm going to grab all this information. I remember my freshman year of college. Nobody sat down with me. Uh, I wasn't planning on going to college. Uh, I, was, I was not in that, uh, uh, that group of academics, if you would. Uh, and so uh, I was definitely not the sharpest crayon in the box. But I went, I knew God wanted me to go to college because he called me to the ministry. So I go to college, and nobody sat down to explain that there is a difference between a 100 class, a 200 class, a 300 class, a 400 class. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Well, nobody explained that at the college either. 
You stand, stood up for a registration. You got your book. It told you how many classes, how many uh, credits you had to have, uh, what were mandatory classes. And I started looking through these classes, and I found a, a 400 class that was on Daniel and Revelation, and it was a uh, it was a prophecy class. And I and I'm thinking, okay, no big deal. Uh, I sign up for this class. I got into that class, and the professor he was he was speaking so fast throwing so much information. At that point, I had read two books. I read The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, and I read The Call of the Wild. In that one class, there was 2,500 pages of outside reading. Just for that one class. I was blown away. I mean, it was coming at me so fast. I thought, there is no way I'm going to grab onto any of this, let alone enough to pass. And I'm, I'm two weeks into this class, and all of a sudden, an announcement comes over. Today is the last day to drop a class without penalty. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I went and found somebody. I said, hey, I need, I need some information here. I need somebody to help me through this. And, and they told me, so, well, if you drop the class today, then you won't get an incomplete or a grade in that class, and then you can take it another time. I said, let me out. Uh, and so I got out of that class. Uh, there, is, there is the transfer of information, but then there's preaching. Preaching is truth that's transferred, but it's truth on fire. It is, it is presented in a way that says, not only is this the information, there is something expected of me to do something with it. You know what? We have gotten away from preaching. We have gotten away from that in so many churches. Uh, we just want to give information. And the problem is, you get so much information and you get no practical application to it, it doesn't help you to put it into practice in your life. The Bible says that is the fool that God hath chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them which believe. And the apostle Paul here, he starts off, he said, I preached the gospel. I declare to you the gospel, which I have preached, which I have preached. Uh, and this gospel, it was preached to these people. Uh, and these people in Corinth, they were, uh, they were the ones that heard this. And because they had listened to the gospel, they were without excuse. Have you ever told your kids to do something? And then later they, well, I didn't know. What, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean you didn't know? I just told you. You know what? God is going to hold us accountable for what we know. It doesn't mean that we have to agree with it. But we will be held accountable to it. And when it comes to eternity, when it comes to Jesus, what we do with Jesus will determine what Jesus will do with us. If we deny him, he will deny us. He will deny us. And to do nothing with Jesus is to reject Jesus. To make a decision or to not, not to make a decision to accept him is making a decision to reject him. And here we find Paul, he's talking to this group of people, and, and he has preached uh, the gospel to them. Uh, and, and everywhere that Paul went, uh, he, he would uh, preach and he would teach the gospel. But not only did he teach it, did he preach it, they received it. That's how they became believers. That's how they became brethren. 
It was that they received it. And because they received it, they were saved. Uh, You know that term, saved? It's a generic term. But it is a powerful term. It is a term that many will use. Being saved, being born again, being a Christian. You know, there are a lot of people that have different ideas of what those mean. But God has a definition of what they mean. And if we're going to follow a definition, we've got to follow the definition that God has given so we don't miss it. And here, uh, Paul has preached the gospel to these people. He has communicated to them. They have been attentive. They've been mindful. They were sincere in their listening. Uh, and, and with that, uh, they have received it. Uh, that word receive uh, is the word paralambo. And, and it literally means to, to, uh, to grab a hold of. It means that uh, they, they had uh, formally received the teachings that they were given. You know, for for somebody to formally receive something, there is an event you can go back to. There is a time, a place. Just uh, in Saturday is going to be 39 years ago where I was confronted with the gospel. 39 years ago, as a punk teenager, I accepted Jesus Christ. He transformed my life. He transformed my life. If you had have told me that I was going to be a preacher, if you had have told my friends that I was going to be a preacher, they would have said, you're crazy. Church was not a part of our life. It wasn't a part of our family history structure. Uh, but but when, uh, when I got saved, uh, my parents got saved. When I got saved, there was a transformation and it impacted our whole family. You see, it was the result of the preaching, the agreeing of the information that we are seeing uh, and grabbing a hold of it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 2, he said, by which ye are saved. It was the preaching of the gospel that brought people to a place where they were saved. So we see the preaching. Secondly, I want you to see the priority of the gospel. The priority. Now, the priority of the gospel, verse number three, he said, for I delivered unto you, first of all, first of all. He wasn't saying that he was the first one to communicate the gospel to them. What he was saying was that his preaching was consumed. His preaching, first of all, foremost, foundationally, was the gospel. You know why? Because that's where everything starts. That's where everything begins. Uh, The Lord said in John chapter 3, he said, uh, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. You got to be born again. And if you have not been born again, then there is no beginning point for you. Uh, And for the believer, we get born again. Just like we are born into this world, there has to be a time when we are born into the family of God. Uh, And when we are born again, we we have accepted uh, what Jesus Christ has done for us. We have personally, formally, we have chosen to receive him as our Savior. And in doing so, we become a child of God. For uh, John chapter 1, verse 12, he said, but as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 
You see, first, the priority of the gospel, it's first, it's foundational. That's why it's so important for us to to preach the gospel. Uh, Why? Because the gospel, it's the way of salvation. The gospel uh, is not just the way of salvation, it's also the way of sanctification. It's not just the way of sanctification, it's also the way of service. Everything that we have composed in the gospel, it just, it holds our whole system of faith. And for the believer, that's got to be first. And for someone to become a believer, first, you have to trust in Jesus Christ. So let's look at this as we break down what, what was the, uh, the gospel here. We see the preaching of the gospel, the priority of the gospel. I'm cutting out some of those little other points and those other stories and poems. All right, uh, so I'm shortening this down a little bit, so I'll give you a little bit of hope. I won't close my Bible yet, but uh, it is coming, all right? So hang with me. Uh, the particulars of the gospel. The particulars of the gospel. Look again, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and verse 3. He said, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he arose, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And here, what do we find? We find, first of all, the death of the Savior, the death of Jesus Christ. This is the crucifixion. The crucifixion. Jesus Christ. He as the sacrifice. He as the one that, the only one who could forgive the sins of mankind. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He never said a bad thing. He never thought a bad thought. And yet he was despised and rejected of men. The Bible says that he was taken, he was falsely accused. He was beaten. His beard was ripped from his face. He experienced the cat of nine tails across his back as the sacrifice. He died on that cross. But Christ was not a victim of Roman injustice. Christ was not a martyr. His life was not taken from him. He freely gave it. He came for the purpose of purchasing a gift called salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died on that cross to pay that debt for us. Hebrews 9 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Uh, chapter uh, 5, verse 21, 2 Corinthians, he said, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. You see, uh, Christ, he was the one that he died for us. Uh, it says in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 
12, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 12, we read not of the, just of the death of Christ, we also read of the burial. In Matthew 5, 12, uh, the Bible tells us how that Christ was going to be in the grave three days. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Paul, he's declaring the gospel. He declares the death of Christ. He declares the burial of Christ. But praise the Lord, he declares the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 14, he said, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching in vain, and your faith is in vain. Let me, let me tell you, if I, was, if I did not believe in a resurrection, I would not be standing here today. Because it would be empty. Because if Christ did not rise, then there is no hope. If there is no hope of salvation, if Christ did not raise from the dead, he was just another man. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. Jesus himself declared that he was going to die and that he was going to rise again. Uh, and with that, if Jesus did not raise again, he would have been a false prophet. But he wasn't a false prophet. And he did rise again. And that resurrection is what gives us that hope. It is the sealing uh, of that, uh, that plan of salvation. It says, yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, and ye are yet in your sins. You are yet in your sins. There was a little boy, his name was Brian. And he had a part in a resurrection play. And they were having a theater and they had a, uh, an Easter uh, cantata, if you would, with the, uh, the play. And, and this little boy had a key part and he was, he was going to be one of the angels. And his, his line was, he is not here, he is risen. And that's a pretty awesome part for a little boy to, to have. But unfortunately, he could not remember his part. He got there on the, the day and it came time for him to tell his part of the, the play and he lost his lines. And over in the background, the, the director, she was, she was trying to give him the words and uh, he, he is not here, he is risen. And the little boy was flustered and all of a sudden he, he looks out to everybody and he declares, he's not here, he's in prison. <laughs> He got a little bit confused. You know, there are a lot of people that get confused on this thing of the resurrection. They, they may say, okay, historically I know. History, you cannot get away from the fact that Jesus Christ lived. Anywhere in the world you want to go, historically proven, Jesus Christ has lived. It is a historical fact of his crucifixion. It is proved. This is not just somebody getting up on a Sunday making stuff up. It's historical proof. 
And then when you look into the resurrection, it was proved. What happened? They put a seal on that grave. They put Roman guards outside that tomb. But, the de- but death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him. And he arose. The, the event, and not just the event of the resurrection, but his appearances. And I'm going to talk about some of those appearances tonight. Uh, but, but here you look at those appearances, uh, the appearances uh, that were first to Mary, uh, Mary Magdalene, and then to the apostles, and then uh, to those who were on the road to Emmaus, and then above 500 at one time, over and over and over again, the resurrected Savior appeared. It is, it is a historical fact. You know, people might get mixed up, but the reality is everybody has faith. Everybody has faith. We just choose where we are going to place our faith. We can choose to place our faith in Christ we can choose to place our faith in ourselves. We can choose to place our faith in science. And science, I have no problem with science. Science does not disprove the Bible. They still call evolution a theory. You know why? Because they cannot prove it. But they present it as though it is true. Because they do not want to present the alternative. But it's still a theory. The very laws of science disprove the whole theory of evolution. The laws of science. But we may place our faith in ourselves, we may place our faith in a church, we can place our faith in religion, but if you don't place your faith in Christ, You are without hope. Without hope. You see, one day, whether I like it or not, my life's coming to an end. One day, I will stand before my Creator. The Bible tells us that every knee will bow and every tongue confess to God that Jesus Christ is Lord, to glory of God the Father. That's the atheist. That's the agnostic. That's the one that does not believe. It doesn't matter. Every person one day will bow a knee before God and declare the righteousness of Christ. You know, that faith, we have, we have faith every day. We walked through those doors this morning. Some of you walked over and you got some coffee. Amen. And with that, you grabbed a cup of coffee. You had no idea who made that coffee. You had no idea what kind of bean it was or if it was even a bean. Now, around here, it's bean. All right, we got coffee. But, but you, by faith, you accepted it. You looked at the ladies that were handing it out and you thought, okay, I think I can trust them. 
and you took that cup, you didn't look at the cup and you didn't get a swab test out to make sure that it was safe. You just took it by faith, accepted that. Why is it that you can have faith in someone that you don't know for a cup of coffee? You had faith when you walked in here and you sat in that chair. I didn't see one person pull that chair out and inspect the welds. You looked at it and said, you know what, that chair is meant to be sat in. And you just took that step of faith or that seat of faith. In life, we make decisions by faith all the time. If you have never taken the step of recognizing that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came to this earth and he died on that cross, he was buried, three days later he rose again for the forgiveness of my sins so I would not have to pay the penalty that I owed because I have sinned against God Almighty. And by faith say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you as my Savior. If you have never done that, let me encourage you today. Trust him today. How about it, believer? You say, well, pastor, I've already done that. Is the gospel living out through your life? We didn't get a get-out-of-jail-free card when we got saved. Salvation wasn't just, how many of you played Monopoly as kids? How many still play Monopoly, anybody? Uh, but, you know, uh, played Monopoly as a kid. I was always the banker and I always won. All right. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, you know, the get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, salvation is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's not something we receive just so we can go about our own life. The gospel. The gospel is transformational. The gospel should live out through our daily life. So Paul here now, he's writing to these believers. Here, let me give you some hope. He, he's writing to them, he calls them brethren. And he's declaring to them the gospel. He's declaring, you, were, you received the message that I preached. You received it, you were saved by it, and you stand in it. You are standing firm with the message of the gospel. It is living out in your life. And he was commending them on that. But he was communicating that gospel to them. And that is how they got saved. And so if you're saved this morning, it's because of what Christ did. It's not because of what you did. Uh, there is nobody. Uh, when you look here, when he says, I declare unto you the gospel, he does not declare church membership is nowhere to be found. Offerings are not anywhere to be found. Living a good life is not anywhere to be found. Does it mean that those do not uh, have any, any importance or value? No, it has nothing to do with that. But when it comes to salvation, they have nothing to do with salvation. 
but as many as received him. To them. To those that received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. And if you're saved, it's because you've believed on Christ. If you're not saved, it's because you have yet to take that step. April 23rd, 1983. My parents decided that they wanted to, the previous Sunday, my mom wanted us all to go to church. She talked my dad into going to church. And so dad said, okay, well, if I'm going, Pop said, if I'm going, everybody's going. And that's back, Pops was, he was dad. What dad said went. And so he said, we're going to church. So we all got ready, went to church, and we got there five minutes late. And dad said, I'm not walking into church late. So we turned around, went home. My brother had already moved out of the house. I walked into the house, picked up the phone, called my brother, said, hey, I'm spending next weekend with you. Just so I would miss going to church. And that, that Saturday, went to spend the weekend with my brother. Sunday morning, I came home. My dad, my mom, my sister, they were, they were at church. They were gone. I'm sitting there watching TV. And in they walk on that Sunday morning. Their hair's all wet. I have no idea what happened. Being the caring, compassionate teenager, I kept watching TV. <laughs> About six o'clock rolled around and Pop said, get ready. I said, for what? He said, for church. I said, you already went to church. He said, we're going again. We had a knockdown drag out and I lost. And we went to church. I had zero desire to be there. But during that message, all of a sudden, inside my soul, I was thinking, whatever he's saying is right. We didn't go to church. We didn't go to Sunday school. I didn't have a background of church. There was zero that was going on to lead me to a place where it was just confirmation of something I had already heard. I hadn't heard any of this before. And we were sitting about uh, to the, the preacher's left, about five rows, four or five rows back. Uh, and, and with that, during that invitation, uh, the pastor had asked, if you don't know for sure that you're going to go to heaven, you need to trust Christ. And about that time, an Air Force guy walked over and grabbed me by the elbow. Said, hey, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven? And I knew I wasn't going to heaven. And he walked me down an aisle and he opened up a Bible and he shared with me basically what I shared with you, that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. He is the only way of forgiveness. He is the only way of hope. And I prayed and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Changed my life. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you didn't come because you wanted to come. Maybe you're not here because you were drawn to come. You're, you're checking off a box. Kids want to go to an egg hunt, and I'm here. Mom, grandma, somebody wants me to be here, and I'm here. 
I can identify with you. But let me tell you, there is nothing better than trusting Christ. 39 years ago, I accepted him. And oh, what a blessed life I've enjoyed. Transformation, not only of direction, purpose, forgiveness. The weight of sin was gone. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, he's a wonderful Savior. I can recommend him highly to you this morning. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I do know the Lord. I have accepted him as my personal Savior. I can go back in a time, in a place, in my mind, just like I know my birthday. I know when I got saved. You say, Pastor, that's me. I do know that. I I have that confirmation. Nobody's looking around. Just slip your hand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Many in the auditorium, you can put your hands down. And just like I did not raise my hand, because I knew that I wasn't going to heaven. Some of you did not raise your hand. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I wish I could have raised my hand. I wish I had that same assurance. I wish I could have that confidence that you have. If that's you this morning, I want you to just look at me first. Just look at me. Nobody else is looking. Pastor, I do not know. I would like to know. Now, let me tell you this morning, there isn't anything that I can do that will get you to heaven. I wish there was. I wish there was something that I could just give to you. But like Paul, he said, I've preached unto you the gospel. Gave the message. Gave the truth. Gave the opportunity. And with that, It gives you the opportunity now to do something with it. There's no magic prayers, but if you if you believe what I've preached this morning, nobody's looking. Nobody's looking around you. You're 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 looking at me right now. Those that are looking at me, you believe what I preached this morning. You believe what I preached, okay? You believe what I just preached. What I want you to do is I want you to just pray along with me, a simple prayer. Right there in your seat. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. But you, just like I did, ask Jesus to be your Savior. I'll pray a simple prayer, and you just follow along. And you mean it to the Lord. And so let's pray together. Father, I do pray that you would help these that are unsure of their eternal destiny. I pray today would be the day that they trust you. And just pray this simple prayer in your own mind, in your heart, and just say, dear Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner, and because of my sins, I deserve to go to hell. But I don't want to go to hell, so please come into my heart, forgive my sins, and take me to heaven when I die. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, If you just prayed that prayer, the Bible says that you have received him. You did what God said it takes to be born again. He says, I give unto them 
eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. God gives this gift of salvation. He freely offers it, and we can just receive it. Now, if you prayed and you accepted Christ, I'd love to just touch base with you at the end of the service just to connect with you uh, and try to help you take some steps uh, to move forward in your, your new faith. And so uh, we're going to dismiss here in just a second, but I'll, I'll uh, love to, to, to just talk to you just a second. So come, come find me uh, at the end of the service. Now, Father, you, you know the needs of each person here this morning. We thank you for those that have prayed and accepted you. And Lord, I pray that you would just bless each person that has come. And Lord, may all of us uh, grow in our faith. I pray that you would help us, uh, Lord, not to just uh, start out the Christian life. Help us to, to continue to grow. Some have been saved for many years, and maybe they've fallen away a little bit. I pray that you would just help them uh, to draw back because of what the gospel means. And so bless each person here this morning. Thank you for our great time together. For Christ's sake we pray, amen. All right. Here Thank we are you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.